You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, you all and you together? go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. And uh, today, as I promised last week, I've got a chat that I had with Sophie Hyde, who's got a new film out called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which is a lovely film, I'll have to say. All her films are fascinating. You'll remember she had 52 Tuesdays. She's had Animals. There's probably a couple of others, but this particular one is a very another one of these films that looks behind the scenes into uh, people's real lives, how they really think and uh, the things that affect them. And uh, it's already out, so you can go and see it. And uh, I thought we'll just uh, kick off and uh, hear from Sophie Hyde. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, is a fantastic film. It's uh, Tell me how uh, you got your hands on Katie Brand's script. Um, actually, it was just sent to me, so it was pretty easy. <laughs> like um, uh, the sales agents that had done Animals, they were already on this film, and they sent it to me and said, you know, here's a film that we think you know you'd be really great for, and it's about an older woman who wants to have good sex, and she hires a sex worker, and um, it's all it's all set in one room, and please read it. And Emma Thompson's attached, <laughs> you know. And I was like, well, that sounds good to me. Um, but it was very, it was a very early draft of the script, and it was like um, very funny and very short. And I sort of went on the phone with Katie, who's the writer, Katie Brand, and Debbie, the producer, and eventually Emma, and said, you know, well, these are the ways that I think we could expand it and shift it and change it. Um, are you guys up for that? And and they were like, yeah, we are. So then we just went for it. Yeah, yeah. So the um, script development, uh, because you you have a, a great capacity to actually delve into um, the private worlds of people's minds rather than the public happy face version of life, um, and that's what this film excels in. Uh, mm. It's also quite. Uh, the strength of the performances, the idea of two people being able to carry it with such intensity, uh, it's a new element to your filmmaking. So how did that uh, work for you? Mm. Well, it was one of the great joys of the film, actually, is being able to focus so distinctly on two actors like that, you know, um, and to also focus on, I guess, to, to shift away all the guff that usually comes with film, you know, moving around and meeting different people and many locations, many costume changes, you know, all of that stuff, to kind of find a point where um, 
um, yeah, to focus on the two actors is was was really joyful. Like to really focus on what was going on between them emotionally and to stay in the kind of intensity of that. And then what we got to do was be balancing, you know, when should it be funny and when do we really strip that away and kind of find something much more sort of, um, you know, nuanced or deeper or realer. Um, not that funny can't be real, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, that was that was the pleasure of it. The pleasure was being with two people, focusing entirely on them, focusing on how they made each other feel and the kind of shifting power dynamics between them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I noticed that uh, it said that uh, you and Emma Thompson discussed, uh, it. You, you call it a collaboration between her and yourself mm. I mean I presume also everyone else but mm. because the subject matter is about uh, a middle-aged and older person woman uh, enjoying sex or exploring her own sexuality but also stepping over a line which she'd already drawn in her life a uh, very conservative life of um, asking you know paying for sex basically yes. because she wanted to know what it was how to have pleasure uh, yes. Now, this yes. is a really uh, important uh, discussion that's going on in this film. It is. Yeah, and Emma and I talked. We we were very collaborative. I mean, and and Daryl, who plays Leo Grant as well. Like, but I think Emma had a really strong grasp of this character of Nancy. The first time she read it, she saw on the page somebody that she felt was very familiar, that she had seen around her all the time, and that she felt was traditionally kind of excluded from the screen or if she was on screen she was just standing next to the person doing the interesting stuff you know and um and I think she she deeply wanted to do that role and she found her funny and charming and abrasive and everything like she is Nancy the character you know mm. but one thing I love about it is there's a woman this this woman has fit into all the boxes that she's been prescribed you know to her like woman mother teacher parent you know um well that's mother um, <laughs> you know she's fit into these ideas and she hasn't challenged them she's even been a teacher and she hasn't challenged the ideas of the ethics that she's teaching as a religious education teacher she's kind of never really challenged herself at all and actually that's deeply unsatisfying right one one thing I loved about Katie's original idea is to put that woman in a position where she has made a really really interesting choice and then we get to see her be very interesting. And what I love about the movie is that she doesn't just come in and know what she wants and go after it like we might have seen in films about men traditionally, you know, and there's obstacles and whatever. She comes into the room and want, sort of wanting something, but she's not exactly sure what it is. And over the course of the film, she gets to sort of swim around in that and explore what she might want, what her desires might be. Because I don't know that all of us just have this idea clearly in our mind. We haven't given ourselves the space to really think about that all the time, you know. We're sort of, a lot of us as women, even if we're kind of much more progressive than Nancy, have been trained to be, think about how other people feel, you know, try and please other people generally. And that can be a gorgeous quality, but it can also mean that we're not finding out what's really our own desires, what we want, you know. It strikes me, and uh, being the age I am, that uh, the most courageous, courageous thing that a person can do is actually form a personal relationship. 
that that to me is true bravery actually um mm -hmm. and so by putting it in a, to a transactional arrangement and then nancy unable to uh, stop herself from trying to make it into a, a genuine relationship mm -hmm. is quite a an interesting dance, isn't it? It is. I mean, the transactional part of it is really important to us because Leo is, you know, he's a sex worker. It is his job. That's what he's there to do. But sort of like being a director or an actor, that transactional nature doesn't make it not real as well, do you know? And I really love the exploration of... Um, performance and you know he's there to create a fantasy and to create something for somebody and that's his role that's his job but he also has to bring of himself you know he is there still himself he might not tell her everything about his life and he has boundaries which he should have you know um and he certainly doesn't mean he's going to fall in love with her he's offering her something else which is desire and intimacy without the possibility of long-term romantic love which you know, what a lie we've been sold that that's the most important thing or the only important thing, you know. I find it very freeing that they have this great, they they see each other and they have a great connection and it maintains that transactional nature. Like, we can do that. I do that every day as a director and nobody questions that, but they question a sex worker's, like, motivation or something or what they want out of it. Um, and I think that that, yeah, for us, we really enjoyed that, it, it is transactional and it isn't romance. It's something else. But it is exciting to watch two people who feel like they come from really different places and you think they're going to be vastly different and they are. And the difference can create a curiosity about each other. And in this case, you know, they have to do that thing of like breaking down all the things that we put up around ourselves that actually ultimately stop us connecting with someone else. You have to break those down and you know, see another person and allow yourself to be seen. And you're right, all we actually really want is connection. But it is brave to go after it, really. Yeah. It, it was uh, really subtly clever the way the interaction allowed both people to grow. Mm. It was important that even though Leo the character is there to service the character of Nancy in terms of his job, that the character the character of Leo was not there in the narrative just to serve Nancy, that he also needed to be a fully formed human, even if we only got to see part of his life. There was more going on and he came from somewhere. You know, he 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 also has his own sort of shame in his history and he's kind of risen above that to become very good at, at offering a different solution to somebody. And um, But there is something that happens to Leo as well. He's allowed to grow because, you know, Nancy does have a capacity to say something to him about how his mother was wrong about him, for instance, you know, no spoilers, but, you know, there are, when people connect, you you are able to shift and change. It is what happens. Yeah. I have to say he's a really beautiful looking person. <laughs> he really is, you know, and like um, he's very, and partly he's also very open and he's very gentle and he's very generous as an actor. And as a and the character as well, and I really enjoyed that part of um, making this movie is is to put a man on screen that is um, not trying to live up to some ideal of masculinity that we're all sick and tired of, you know, and is deeply problematic, you know, but is 
sort of standing strong in who he is and being very gentle and generous. And that's that's what Leo Grant is and that's what Daryl McCormack is too. This month, Melbourne's beloved art house Cinema Nova turns 30 and is inviting you to celebrate. Revisit Cinema Nova favourites with a curated programme of popular features that Melbourne movie lovers took to their hearts, including Parasite, Call Me By Your Name, Ligon Street, Si Parla Italiano, and more. Tickets on sale now. Cinema Nova, Melbourne's favourite independent cinema since 1992. A 3CR supporter. I'm Tommy Murphy, screenwriter for Holding the Man. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. You are, and you're with Annie on Showreel, our look at filmmakers and uh, Australian film industry. And we're in the middle of a chat with Sophie Hyde about her new film, Good Luck to You, Leo Grant. This is the last part. The other thing that's interesting is that because it is, it's like a two-handed play in a way, and quite often... uh, transcribing uh, theatre to film is quite um, irritating, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But in this case, uh, and because it's a, a emotional uh, and also uh, the drama of it is quite terrific. It's not boring. That's what I'm really getting at. Mm-hmm. It's it's the, uh, the interplay of the uh, language, but also the there's certain dramatic elements that happen uh, that uh, even down to when she steps over the line, it's like she's being tapped on the nose like a dog. Um, It's quite dramatic, even Mm. though it's almost dramatic in silence, if you know what I mean. Mm. That's a real skill of yours to have brought that to the screen, I'd have to say. Thank you. Um, It's a funny thing, the play thing, because I never think of it like it could be a play, and that's because... I guess my form is film, right? So um, to me, like, there are times where we sort of sit back and we and we watch characters the way you might with a kind of proscenium March theatre kind of idea. But then the, what film has the capacity to do is to go kind of closer and deeper into the detail of, of someone's expression but also the way that they touch each other and the way they feel about each other. So... So our job is to kind of make you feel with the characters rather than looking at the characters. And so film kind of dances between that where you can jump back and be watching and then you can go into how it feels. And and that's partly like camera and that's a lot of a lot of to do with sound, you know, that is is helping to do that. And to me that can never be a play. That can only be film. That's one of the unique things about it. And one of the things I think that makes it cinema is you know, it's great in a cinema because you are giving over to people's lives that we can often find too small, we don't give importance to. But you're saying these people are important enough to be the leading man and the leading woman in this work and to have their desire and their feelings and all of those things writ large, you know, and to feel with them, you know, as they are. So for me, this kind of intimate um, cinema is is really exciting and thrilling and I want to watch that on a big screen. And, uh, you know, there's also all the landscapes of their bodies, you know, the landscapes of their faces that to, to kind of go into that is impossible to do in theatre, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, to me that was, you know, the emotional kind of landscape and then their physical landscape 
just always felt just as cinematic as like New Zealand on screen or, you know, like, mm. or a Marvel movie or whatever. Like, mm. and, um, and The Room, The Room itself. And The, room. And and the Changing the props, Light. The, the Changing the Light was very, very important to us, like that the light could change across the day and that there was rain at times and those things became kind of, they helped us, you know, maintain kind of drama but also pleasure, I think, in watching. So so you're bringing it all the way down to all your senses. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And so when you, you know, there are sequences where all of, there's a lot of sound actually in the film even though it feels very quiet, um, but there are times where a lot of that sound is taken away and you only hear the sound of them and then it kind of comes back and there are lots of those sort of parts which were really, really brilliant fun to do. We had an amazing sound designer and, um, and uh, you know, that's great fun for us, i got to say. Like, you know, the actors, it's it's beautiful to work with them, but also the people I worked with, you know, in the role of director of photography, Brian, who's Australian as well, and the production designer and the sound designer. I mean, their, their jobs, what they're doing is really invisible in some ways, but really um, great work. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Uh, I, I now want to watch it again so that I can mm-hmm. listen for the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, um, How long did it take the whole process of making this film? I think I was working with Katie on the scripting for about six months and um, then I was in the UK shooting and pre-production for 12 weeks or something on oh, no, and 12 weeks includes hotel quarantine back home because had to do that um it was only a 19 day shoot six day rehearsal um so it was really quick to shoot and then the edit was a couple a few months and wow six day day preparation before the actors so very experienced i mean emma thompson obviously is a very experienced actor and daryl mccormick i i don't know him but obviously he's a very experienced actor as well He's done some things, but nothing quite like this, I think. And um, but they really they had to be really at the top of their game working to do this because, yeah, it's a lot of material to get through in that time and to get through with the kind of intensity of performance that is required. Um, but also there was a lot of great, you know, there was something fun about the banter and they had a really strong connection and we did a lot of work to make sure that that connection was kind of protected. And also the physical stuff, the dancing and the touch and everything. I think it was a great great deal of pleasure for them in those things yeah yeah because this is I mean actors love to act and there's nothing like this this kind of film I mean they are just fantastic yeah I love that actors do love to act you know and it's like it's quite an amazing thing to get to make something like this where you know the focus really is on them and what's going on between those two people like everything in service of that in a film like this uh, it's interesting, but I can't remember what it was, something I've been doing recently about some big thing and they were, people were talking about how what they were doing was not about famous people, it's about ordinary people doing being people and mm. that's what this film is about too, isn't it, people being people and that's what's I important. So. I think so. I really love that we see Nancy is definitely a character that has never doesn't get to be at the centre of a movie usually. I mean, She's I was quite shocked that she was a religious education teacher. 
I know. And kind of like it's really easy for us to actually dismiss as well and like to judge, you know, because and that's part of what they're doing to each other. They're judging, you know, each other. Also, I really enjoyed that, you know, we riff on sort of old Hollywood rom-coms at the beginning of the film. There's a kind of musical-like quality to the introduction of Leo and um, uh, I really loved, you know, that the leading man of the movie and we position him as a leading man is a mixed-race Irish sex worker, you know, and I'm like it's to me that's great. I, I just can't wait to see more and more stories where we open up the possibility of who the leading people can be in those yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, and you're right because the uh, picture that uh, the still that's used for the promotion, I was wondering, I didn't know that you'd made this film. And when I sat there and I saw, oh, I was like, oh, great, I'm glad I'm watching this film because I love your work. And um, but the I thought at the beginning um, that it was going to be some sort of nonsense about you know poking fun at women having sex as an old peep as an older person and um yes and i was it's really it's really i agree because we've seen that so much that our brains just immediately go there right if it's about an older woman and sex we're going to just make jokes about it we're going to make we're going to laugh at her and um and and even you know we play with that certainly the beginning is like we set things up in a way that's like, is this, is that what this is going to be? And and even until the very end of the kind of first meeting, there's still a sort of coyness. We cut away from the sex scene and, you know, you are starting to see them deepen though there. And the job of the film, or as I saw it, was to kind of, yes, start there in that kind of funny, frizzy kind of world, but like keep stripping it away so you actually do get to meet them and see them as humans, the way they are doing with each other as well, you know. We don't want to stay in that place where we're only looking at people, you know, from some sort of distance. You're right. We need to see the private lives and the real feelings about people come onto the screen because I think we watch stories for that reason, right? Mm. We watch them to find familiarity but also to walk in someone else's shoes and to understand somebody else. And they're doing that together and I think as an audience we get to do that as well. Mm. There's something else that struck me. When I was young, I used to be uh, the promotional person for the State Film Centre and there were lots of documentaries. And one of them was a documentary about sex worker as a therapist, effectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was lines in it like that stuck in my head as a young person, which was things like you can love, you can fall in love with more than one person, which seemed Mm -hmm. terribly shocking to me at the time. Uh, and also the whole concept of this person who, this woman who was a therapist for the three different men that were part of the cohort of the film, which is quite a staggering mm. film. I can't remember the name of the film, but it was a great mm. film. Um, mm. And there's elements of that in this. I mean, that was a documentary, but there is elements of this as well because you discuss yeah. the nature of sex work. Absolutely. Like... I've always been really interested in that part of sex work too. And when we started to speak with more sex workers, obviously there's such a big variation of stories and everyone's, you know, there's so many different versions of that, like any kind of job that you'd go and, you know, look at. But one thing that struck me was there's there's people talking to us that had this very unique skill. Like they could walk into a room and see someone opposite them and, and work out what it was that they wanted and needed and also do that amidst all the shame and weirdness that everyone carries about their bodies and sex, you know, and and 
I was like, I, I agree with what you saw in that film, which is that we have an enormous capacity to love and we often forget that. We try and put it into these boxes and we try and make it limited. And in limiting it, you know, we get into all sorts of trouble. And love is like something that isn't just, as we said, just romantic. It's like it's about seeing other humans and, and seeing their capacity and enjoying things about them. I mean, when you sit opposite any singular human, maybe not any because there's some I'm sure we'd all hate, but most humans, when you really look at them, there's always things that are interesting. There's always things that you can fall in love with, I think. Yeah. And I think that's what goes on in something like this. I'm not by any means saying, though, that in terms of sex work is all bliss and roses, do you know, like um, nor is it's any. It's about power and control. Industry. Yeah, and but there is a there are certainly um, people that I met that were autonomous, interesting people having a strong vocation and, and doing really incredible work, you know. Mm, it's um, interesting, but as, isn't it? as anything, if you make things illegal, if you put them into the shadows, then you're going to have trouble because... Um, if you if a building if a building site didn't have regulation, it'd also be insanely dangerous, right? So, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's fascinating. Um, the other thing I was wondering was that if the her experience of her married life, which was hideous, um, <laughs> uh, I wondered if it was very English. Do you find that the film is uh, translating across the board? It does seem to be translating, so it must be a kind of problem or an experience that is bigger. I mean, not everyone has the same experience as Nancy, which is um, quite 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 sad to listen to her experience. But it, but people have similar feelings of like having settled into something or not pushed, you know, for, forward in their kind of sex lives or intimate relationships. Um, I think Nancy is very British. You know, she is. Um, I found her at heart at first hard to access, um, but Em didn't, you know. Em really kind of got her. Um, and I really love something about Nancy, which is that she says what she thinks, even when I really disagree with it. <laughs> you know, she's very abrasive as a character. But it is translating. And, and we have very young people coming and talking to us about, you know, the fact that they can't masturbate and older older men talking about, that they've never spoken to their wives like this before and they think all their friends are actually lying about the kind of sex lives that they have. And, you know, we really have great conversations with people after this movie and, and a big, broad range of people, yeah. Mm. And the stuff about, you know, everyone's bodies and the way, the, the way that we're taught to think of our bodies as deeply flawed and not enough, I mean, that seems to be something that crosses over, you know, very many people. Mm. Thanks for talking to me. It's my pleasure, Annie. Great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. And best of luck. Thanks. All right. See you next movie, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and that was Sophie Hyde. Uh, the film, of course, is good luck to you, Leo Grand. Coming up next is Published or Not. And we'll go out with a, a, a lovely song by Kate Vigo. Don't explain. Hush now, don't explain. 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.